Dr. Homebrew is brought to you by Five Star Chemicals, providing safety and cleaning supplies for brewing, distilling, and winemaking at fivestarchemicals.com. Dr. Love. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Dr. Homebrew. All right, everyone, welcome back. It's once again a fine edition of Dr. Homebrew, the only show. That's right, the only Only show. show. The only show. The only show you need. Thank you. That's right. It is the only show show there is. Sometimes I just like to to say things and let them just sit, unfinished sentences, and see who jumps in. Everyone here. Because whoever jumps in is my favorite. Brian, you're my favorite. Uh, I want you to know that. I knew that. Uh, thanks, guys, for, for, for joining us once again. Uh, before we get into this, I want to thank our sponsor, Five Star Chemicals. You go to fivestarchemicals.com. If you're a home brewer, which I'm assuming that you are, because um, why else are you listening to the show, uh, or you're stuck in the bar and you have no other choice, um, if you are a home brewer, go to fivestarchemicals.com and learn how to properly clean and sanitize your home brewing equipment. You cannot do both of those things with one cleaner with one chemical, with one little powder, it's just impossible. You can't do it. So go to 5starchemicals.com, support them because they support us, and without them, you wouldn't be listening to us now. That's a fact. Uh, let's see. What do we got going on, guys? We got we got some beers to judge, huh? We have a mild and a double IPA. And yeah, two more contrasting styles you'd have to look hard to find. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, the good news is that we have those guys in, we have the, the brewers in studio, of Dermot and Brian, and uh, they brought the, these beers in, and so I really appreciate that. I really enjoy having people in studio. It's fun, um, yeah. Because I don't have to sweat balls about the phone system or Skype or all this kind of stuff. Just have to make sure their mics are plugged in. Right. Well, yeah, but luckily that's all that's set, easy. right? Right, yeah. Um, I just have to dodge the, the pins and the empty glasses when we start talking shit about their beers. <laughs> or the icy stares when you talk shit about them. <laughs> or the big, teary, weepy hugs when they like you, when you right. like their beers. Yeah. Man, I really do. You have no idea, bro. Seriously. They, they, like, co- they come across the console and give you a big slobbery kiss. <laughs> From my heart. We've seen that happen to JP a few times now. Yeah. yeah. It's true. That's why From I like, my heart and my liver, man. <laughs> I really do. Seriously, bro. I really appreciate that you don't understand. No, I, I get it. I get it. I understand. Anyway, the point of Dr. Homebrew, in case you're, you're just tuning in and you kind of go, what, what, what's going on? We are an outlet for homebrewers to get proper feedback on your beers. As a homebrewer, you've always heard from your homebrew club or forums or whatever, um, which, first of all, forums are terrible. Don't ever get any piece of advice from a forum ever. Brewing advice. Oh, Doc. <laughs> Doc's. Just pulling up a seat. Yeah, Doc's just pulling up a seat. Don't worry about it, Doc. Hey, just climb right in there, dude. There you go. Go ahead. You're on. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Doc. You guys sound so serious in here. We well, have a very serious show. We want to give proper feedback. Right. <laughs> Must awesome. have proper feedback. What yeah. are you doing? Just drinking? Well, yeah. Get your drink on? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm meeting your... Uh, come on. I'm making your friends my friends. <laughs> <laughs> it's dangerous. I feel like we're in like uh, some village in Hungary or something like that. <laughs> and you're like, my family must become your family, well, which is my Hungarian well, it's, accent. It's kind of really close to it because it's one of your oldest friends. That's right. And you told me that 
We need to be friends. You guys need, yeah, you're both birds. You're both Burning Man. Oh, that's uh, what we're talking about out there. We're, we're both burn out. Burning Man for the yeah. last, like, three hours. Right, yeah. <laughs> Have you even talked about Burning Man? Just Oh, so much. Yeah. Yeah. And, and not, just, not just drink a bunch of beers. I hear, and hear Jody screaming out there. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Great. Yeah, we, we already, like, put some rules down for her. Yeah. Well, you have to have rules. Burning Man seems like a place where you have to have rules. You have but, to have rules but, and zones and regulations and what can happen and what can't happen well, because things are in flux, right? We're, we're, this is guidelines. Right. <laughs> you know? You got to have guidelines. Much like the BJCP. Yes. Right. It's just guidelines. We try to stay in it. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> rules is a little too strong of a word. Yeah, rules, exactly. Yeah, rules. Don't we don't want rules. Yeah, rules no. is just a challenge out there. It seems to me that Burning Man would be the opposite <laughs> of the place hey. that wants rules. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, you want to judge some beers with us or at least taste some beers? Yes, I do. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, let's uh, let's finish uh, just telling people about the show. Uh, it's an interactive BJCP score sheet. So, like I was saying, forums are, are kind of a terrible place to get advice sometimes. Uh, but a lot of people say, oh, send your beer into competition. Right, Doc? Because then they'll say, oh, you, that's how you can get feedback on your beer. Well, it's so, always fabulous, too. Yeah, sort of. You can, so you can sort of get feedback, but you can't ask questions of those people who had your beer while yeah. they're having your beer. So, sometimes they give the, your, their, their email address uh, you know, so yeah. you can get back to them. Yeah. That's true. I was thinking, like, how does one interact with a score sheet that comes in the mail? If you, like, spend too much time interacting with it, you probably yeah. have a problem. Yeah, your wife's going to be like, honey, we need to talk. Just and, email the guy. His yeah. email's right there. Yeah. And generally, they, they don't remember your beer. You, they can't. So I did that they with can. the first round of nationals. I scanned my sheet and I emailed these two people who had a, an issue with their score sheet, which I don't think we even talked about on the air, which is probably a good thing. Hmm. And they got back to me. One of them was very nice. The other was kind of a douche. And <laughs> um, and they just said, uh, look, I don't remember your, your, your cider. And I said, I understand that. Um, but uh, based on your score sheet and what I wrote, this is what I was tasting. And we kind of had a little interaction, but it's impossible. So... Uh, if this you want to send there. your yeah. right, yeah. If you want to, if you want to get that result, if you really want to know how to fix your beer, or if there's an off flavor you can't identify or anything, email me jp at thebrewingnetwork dot com, and uh, we'll set up a time and a date for you to send your beer in. If you're local, or if you want to be local, come on down, hang out in the uh, in the uh, in the studio, grab some beers, and uh, yeah. Party, hop, dude. hop on a plane here from Delaware with your growler and uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. J- do that. JP might buy you a beer. I might buy he you might. a beer. He it, might not, but you know, probably won't. I'm guessing not. Yeah, you know, might meet Doc. Doc's just having to good. be here. Right. Yeah, huh? he won't buy you a beer either. Doc may. It he depends. Might. Um, if you tell me you have a Hummer, I'll say. Wife with you, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, let's get into the beer. We're doing a a mild from Dermot. Ooh, Dermot, are you there? You got, you're on. Oh no, I'm sorry. Chris, turn your mic on. Uh oh. Sitting in the do- see, you're sitting in Doc's chair. There, there I am. There we go. How you doing, man? Good. He's how you doing? No instruction. Good. Uh, I know you've been hanging out in the bar for a couple That's hours, man. How, how you feeling? You holding up good? Good. Yeah, it was good to check out the hop grenade. Cool. Awesome. Are, how local are you? Uh, I'm in San Francisco, so oh, okay. just a Bart right away. Yeah, not too bad. Well, we'll try to get you out of here before Bart shuts down. <laughs> yeah, we run, nice. we run a little late sometimes on this show. So, how long have you been homebrewing, man? Uh, I've been, I guess, about three years. My wife bought me a um, homebrew kit when we lived in Ireland, and I oh, brewed wow. a really bad batch of beer there, and then um, came back here to California, learned about some hops, and started doing all grain and all that, and now I think I've kind of figured a little bit of it out. Just a little bit? Well, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> okay, awesome. And so this is a mild. Have you ever brewed a mild before? So this was my first mild, and it kind of 
I guess, was I was going for a session beer that it's about 3.3%, I think, something in that ballpark. Mm-hmm. It was something yeah. really sessionable. Back when I was in Ireland, drink a lot of Guinness, yeah. drink like, you know, God, a load of them and be able to drink all night as opposed to the, you know, hoppy big right. beers here. So you try to do that with a Lagunitas <laughs> specialty. <laughs> no, yeah. A little something extra and you're just <laughs> I love Guinness because uh, it, you can drink it all just all day long and you're right. you're you're fine for the most part, depends on how functional your liver is, but a lot of people are scared of it. Yeah. Uh, I can't drink dark beer. I can't drink big beer because I can't have a lot of them. No, they, they, they think can. it's big and thick and, oh, I'm going to have two and be yeah. under the table. Very much in your head. Um, yeah. My favorite mild that's on the market right now is uh, uh, Solidarity from Eagle Rock. They're down in L.A. Mm. If you I get some of their, that, yeah. yeah, they don't really distribute up here all the time. They're, they're starting to grow up here. But if you, ever get, if you ever get some of that, oh, it's gorgeous. Yeah. I love it. Anyway, uh, Lee, what do you think about this beer? What do I think about this beer? I don't know. Let's find out. All right. Fair, um, that's a fair question. That's a fair answer. Yeah, I know. Why not just reflect it? So, cocoa, ashy, <laughs> no. Yeah. Cocoa, low, ashy, no. Low aroma intensity overall, probably because carbonation is a bit low, but that's all right. It's British-style beer, so that works. I got a little hint of licorice, a little bit of low coffee fig ester, no hops, no diacetyl. I think I am picking up some DMS in there, though. Um, it's got kind of a little grainy, almost astringent note in the nose. I'm not sure what astringency in the nose means, but that's kind of how it's coming across. Um, but definitely I was getting a little DMS, maybe a little bit of, I'm not sure what else in there in the nose. Um, so there's something a little odd going on with it with that. Um, color, medium dark brown, good clarity, pours, um, pours a medium tan foam, but it fades pretty quickly, which you'd kind of expect in a, in a low carbonation beer like this. Uh, it actually, it looks okay for the style. You know, you don't expect to have a lot of head in one of these beers necessarily. Flavor is grainy malt, some DMS again, medium cocoa coffee, toffee kind of hints, moderately tart note, sort of a low pH. It didn't, didn't come across like it was contaminated or infected or anything. It just sort of seemed like a low pH, at least initially. Um, no hop flavor, some supporting bittering, balanced slightly to the malt. Um, finishes, I thought, kind of dry with a lingering red fruit ester, which I didn't pick up before, a little cocoa and toffee, some sourness. Um, a sour and the DMS, I didn't really think were the style. Um, well, they're not. Um, and it, as it went on, I began to wonder if the DMS, you know, originally I thought the DMS might be like a, a boil issue or something, like a covered boil, although I don't think most, peop- most people are very aware to not do that. But as it goes on with the sourness, I thought it was all kind of clean, but maybe it might have a bit of a contamination going on. I'm not sure. Um, it's pretty low level, but there's, there's a lot of odd stuff floating around in here. Um, mouthfeel is medium low to low body, medium low carbonation, pretty much British style. Could almost be a little lower, but probably it's fine with that. Uh, low creaminess, some light astringency, medium low sour, not really hot or solventy. Um, overall, I think the recipe is sound. It's a good recipe. It's interesting cocoa toffee flavors. It's a darker side, kind of dry mild, which I think is a good exa- good way to do these. You know, it makes it some some interesting flavor profile in there. Uh, the low pH and the DMS, almost kind of vegetal note, are out of place though. Um, so I'm not quite sure. I mean, it doesn't taste like it's or smell like it's overtly contaminated or anything, but there's just these odd kind of aromas and flavors floating around in it. They're, they're all kind of consistent with that. So it may have some contamination going on. It would certainly be the easiest explanation for all both or three of those going on. Otherwise, maybe it's some DMS recondensing in the kettle and a pH issue, which maybe some more carbonate to bring up the pH and the mash would help. That is, Both of those things could also be possible. Um, 
But I, in the end, I'm kind of wondering if this may have gotten a bit of a bug in it, which is too bad because it's pretty nice mild otherwise. Um, I gave it a 28, um, mostly for those those things that I'm pointing out. Right? Okay. Excuse me. Yeah, um, the aroma was pretty nice. It had a fairly rich kind of cocoa malt um, uh, aroma in there up front. Um, a little hint of some, some roast in there. It seems like used some interesting malts in this. Um, the fruity esters are kind of medium and, and cherry-like, not over the top. Maybe medium-low is a better way to, to call them. No detectable hop in here. It doesn't need... It doesn't need hops. <laughs> right. A mild is Yeah, not, it's definitely not the style for hops. Not a hop monster, no. <laughs> Which is why I love it. Um, I didn't get any diastole or DMS myself. Um, the, the, I'm not getting cooked horn, really. Maybe a faint hint of like a solventy note. I just picked up it as I'm hmm. retasting it, but re-smelling it. But um, not intense. Just there's a little something funky to it, but not crazy bad. Um, the color's really nice. It has a rich, medium, dark brown color. The low light tan head that faded pretty quickly, and for this style, that's fine. It's supposed to, you know, be low carbonated session beer. Um, you know, it looks pretty clear. You know, um, it's finer in some large bubbles when it had bubbles. Now it's just gone. Um, in the flavor, it, it's it's for me, it was it was a little intense for a uh, for a mild had um. Mm. You know, a pretty big maltiness. And, you know, the, the mild is a style that can have a pretty big range. I'm used to them being maybe a little a little smoother than this. Um, and, like, like a lot of specialty malt? Yeah, like, well, it's just a lot of, a lot of cocoa, a lot of chocolate. Okay. Um, but it's, it's pleasant uh, on that front. There was, what I found was a, a little bit of kind of a low clove-like phenolic in there. And um, that could come from some contamination. Or wild yeast uh, getting into the beer. The, Can that be a yeast issue, like a autolysis issue? Probably not autolysis, but more like a wild yeast getting into the beer that tends to kick mm, out. Okay. You know, certain yeasts, like the Hefeweizen strain, will kick out clove phenolics. Because I still haven't brought that beer yeah. that I, I'm having that issue that, like I said on the last it. show, that my friends were, yeah. We want to taste um, your crappy beer. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody tastes this crappy beer. Right. Again, yeah, the, well, the it's, not, it's not crappy to me. The little thing, points I'm pointing out are, are pretty subtle, but um, I think that the you know that that little clove-like thing in there is kind of fighting with everything else that's there and making it feel a little bigger than it is to me. Okay, and right. you know it's pretty rich overall. And the, the the bitterness though was low and in check where you want it to be for the style, like hitting most of the marks for style, which is good. Um, finishes kind of semi-dry, which is great. Um, you know, hop flavor is low. This faint kind of earthiness in the background. And then that that light clove and and chocolate malt kind of linger in the aftertaste. Body wise, uh, had a medium light body, kind of where it's supposed to be. Low carbonation, wasn't very creamy or smooth. I did find a, a bit of astringency in there, like Lee did, uh, but it wasn't too distracting. Just a little bit biting in the mouthfeel, but you know, overall, not a bad mild. It's a bit big, and the the clove kind of threw me off a little bit. There could be some, you know, non-intended yeast getting in there, getting uh, getting happy with your mild, um, <laughs> you know, sanitation practices, five-star chemicals. All that friend, kind of stuff. Watch you know, all that kind of stuff. You know. Okay. Uh, but, yeah. What'd you give it? I gave it a 28. Okay. Um, yeah, the clove is not overpowering, but I would say 
I would just dial back the the malts a little bit on this too and lighten it all up because to me it's it's pretty big and just maybe uh, well I guess if you got rid of the clove it might be where it's supposed to be but um, yeah it's kind of fighting with something there it's kind of at odds with itself yeah but, um, tasty beer yeah I mean comments to the DMS DMS sometimes I mean usually people think of it as cooked corn sometimes it comes across as almost sort of a, a shrimpy like a boiled shrimp water kind of aroma and that's kind of what I thought I was picking uh, up here but yeah. no honestly the more I'm listening to Brian I'm thinking I was probably I picking up that. the clove and kind of kind of put it in the wrong category because the clove is now sort of more what I'm getting than the shrimp thing I mean maybe hmm. it's just the beer is warming up and getting flatter too. it yeah. almost seems a little, but, a little more subtle in the second sample though yeah. than the first one to me like yeah. they taste well, a little different I mean we're talking about all these things that aren't very nice but honestly most of them aren't all that strong they're, that's they're, right they're, they're very subtle subtle yeah so, but you no know, this is such a lightweight beer there's nowhere for that stuff to hide doc what do you think do you are you getting any of this stuff well, yeah, and listen to you guys. It's, it's I get this first impression, and then listen to what you guys are talking about. Oh, and then I'm formulating my own ideas on what's going on. And Lee, as you said, it's this small beer. You're not going to hide much behind this one. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, it's There's a really no for um, subtle beer. So, whose yeah. beer is this? Dermot. Yeah, Dermot over here. Okay, am, am I going to offend you too? <laughs> <laughs> okay. You might. He's the next guy. Yeah. We'll uh, yeah. thick-skinned guests. Yeah, the the, uh, the phenolic thing, mm-hmm. big time. Yeah, and I'm I'm pushing water on that one. Uh, tap water. Um, no, so yeah, I filtered it and then added equal parts um, gypsum and calcium. Chloride. Yeah, but that's where that's where we're getting this uh, the sharp, clean finish. Because you're the gypsum's going to do that. You're going to get the, which is what we want. We want to have that clean, sharp. But we're getting this mm-hmm. phenolic kind of thing off it. That's chlorine. You're either, you're either getting chlorine somewhere in this. So it's your tap water, or you're using bleach to sanitize things. I hope yeah. not. Yeah, no, I'm not. Yeah, so um, it, it's very subtle, mm-hmm. and it's not. Well, we're washing everything down with bleach, but uh, the the chlorine comes, and then the phenolics come, and that's what we're getting in. That's what you're getting. And all right, that's it's subtle. Um, but you, but that's what you taste. That's, that's what, what I'm. That's, what, that's what I'm tasting. But it's it's also with uh, you're doing the water thing right. We're we're getting that sharpness, that crisp, that crispness. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I agree. I agree with so, that. So so definitely, it's a good beer. Well, um, let's run through the recipe. Okay. What'd you, so, what'd you do um, to make this thing? Yeah, so um, going through the water real quick, I basically just ran through a filter. I, th- I might need to replace my filter, I think, uh, okay. after hearing that with the chlorine. But I basically added a little gypsum, a little calcium chloride, aimed for the like London profile using like the ruined water spreadsheet and all that. Um, and then in terms of malt, it was just um, 11 pounds of par- uh, Maris Otter. This is for a... Um, 10-gallon batch. Okay. Uh, pound and a half of 120, uh, half a pound of 20 crystal, half a pound of 60, quarter pound of black patent malt, quarter pound of chocolate, and then bittered with East, Col- East Kent Goldings, and uh, used the Yorkshire Square East from uh, White Labs. So cool. what I was trying Not to familiar, do is though. just like layer all the malts in I could. So you were saying how it was kind of a big beer, and I was trying to. It's a three point, you know, 
three point whatever percent yeah. beer. So I was trying to get as much as I could out as of much it. Flavor with, with that low of a beer. With that yeah. low of beer, because yeah. that's what I like. Because I've had a lot of session beers where it's just like you don't taste Boring. anything. So I was Watery. trying to go as high on that end as I could with keeping it in check. And um, no, I completely agree with you guys. There's something like a little funky, and I couldn't put my. It's the phenolic my, thing. Phenolic, yeah. Definitely yeah. the You're phenolic thing. Phenolic here, yeah. Um, and I would look into your water first. Yeah. Uh, I would do the same recipe again. Mm-hmm. Do it with distilled water, that kind of thing. Okay. Uh, you were talking about having it being a little too sharp. That might be too much gypsum. Cut that down a little bit. Okay. And so you're not seeing it as a recipe issue. No, it's not. It's, okay. No, it's I, the recipe's it's, good. Yeah. The recipe's good. Okay. Uh, it's the water thing. Uh, we're getting chlorine in it, which we all tasted that. The chlorophenol flavor. Yeah, yeah. The chlorophenol. It's not uber band aid but it's, mm-hmm. it's the first thing you taste. And the next thing you taste is the the very sharp, minerally, it's like a precipice where you just jump right off the end. Okay. And that's too much gypsum. So cut back on that and wash your water and just change change the recipe. Or don't change the recipe that part with the malt and stuff. Try to get, yeah, well, that's true, because if, if you go changing two or three things at once, right. you're not going to know what made the difference. I, I really anything, think all right? this is your water. Yeah. Okay. Well, so yeah. would you say to go to distilled then instead of trying to filter no, the tap I w- water? No, I would go try the same recipe, just distilled. Okay. And I'll bet we're going to get rid of that phenolic kind of crap. If, if it's a matter of the chlorine, if you think it's just the chlorine in yeah, the water. Yeah, I really think the chlorine. Yeah, that's what, yeah I, that's I, what filters, I, I never quite quite trust that. No, I don't. Camptum tablets, I might trust more if you like oh. that. It'll put a little sulfite in there. Uh, if you can do an RO. Yeah, if you can get a real RO or you know buy distilled water, that'll get right. rid of it too. Right, yeah. Um, but I, 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 filters are hard. Um, especially for home users, you know, absorption of chlorine, it can be done on activated charcoal, but you have to be very careful about the yeah. rate at which you flow it because it's not immediate. So you really want to run it like a trickle at best, uh, you know, spend a couple hours yeah. filling up that ton if you're going to use that. Yeah, but that's what I've heard it, too. Camden tablets are dirt cheap and they work very well. And RO distilled water is expensive and it works probably even better. So if you trust yeah. your recipe, I trust your recipe. I think it's okay. good. I always stay with that. Uh, work the water, either go straight distilled or Camden tablets. Yeah, personally, I don't know if I'd go all the way distilled. You know, you could mix some some spring water and some distilled water. Well, he's, he's, um, mix, he's mixing it back anyway. Or you could, you know, yeah. I just don't yeah. like distilled water because there's no... You know, there's no trace elements in it. There's no nothing. Right. There's nothing. Wait, yeah. Is this you can't grain? build it back up. All grain, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I guess that was the one other question I have is that, um, so I've never noticed this off flavor in any of my other beers. And it was, is it, you think the mild is just such a delicate beer that yeah, it shows it up more? It, it, it was yeah. probably there before. Nobody yeah. noticed it. Yeah. Okay. So you really want to, yeah, we all noticed the same thing. Right. Yeah. yeah so I, I, I got hit with that same diagnosis several years ago when I brewed my first Kolsch. I'd never noticed chlorine before. And all of a sudden, boom. There it is. Did you brew this with pool water? <laughs> <laughs> I was I was four feet under my pool. And yes. So that, that's the extreme. Does it taste like pool water? Okay. Yeah. Extreme. That is but extreme. It, it, if you can taste yeah. it, just the subtleness of that, it's probably the chlorine. 
Okay. I right. agree that cool. it's not just clove. There's like definitely some medicinal elements to that too, and it probably is a chlorine thing. So yeah, and well, then the flavors that are in there from the malts and everything are good flavors. So you know, if that was out of the way, that little that little element that we're picking up, it would be a pretty good beer. Dermot, do you have any have questions for the guys? Yeah, definitely. Um, I don't think so. I guess the only other thing is one thing I've noticed. It's the second time I've used this Yorkshire Square ale yeast, mm-hmm. from, and it it's a finicky yeast. I don't know if you guys have ever used it before. Or I've not, never used but it. But can it be? Can any of this be yeast derived? Or you, it sounds like everyone's in agreement that it's water. It, yes, it can be, but okay. change one thing at a time. So yeah, you have a Yorkshire say, Square system at home. Then. Yeah, <laughs> I built a big. Big square. No, um, so you'd say change water first. Change the water then, first. Okay, we all noticed that. Okay, I, cool. I would imagine that it's, it's the, the first note in there. The whole beer is great. Yeah. It's mild. It's, I guess it's it's probably a little sharp. It is, probably from the mineral you said. Yeah, and yeah. the other thing I've actually noticed in a lot of miles I've had recently, especially the darker ones like this, is I think you need to be real careful with your sparging. Um and maybe yeah. maybe even keep your terminal gravity when you're sparging higher than you would otherwise because if you've got dark malts in there, if you leach any sort of sort of husky tannin problems, there's nowhere for them to hide again. So these beers are really sensitive to that. So the, I I wasn't sure. I thought I was maybe picking up a little of that. I mean, it might be hard to tell behind the other stuff, but next yeah, time yeah. you do it, be re, re, keep, put some thought into that. Be real careful about that. Don't let the pH get too high and the temperature get too high. And well, and it's such yeah. a low beer. It's such a low gravity beer too that you really have to watch out what the final gravity is that you're running off. Because if you're running it off and it's like you know ten oh five, ten oh three, it's like you know you can pull a little more yeah. of that astringency out. You don't want right. that. It's such a low gravity beer. It'd be a, a, a real easy one to batch sparge too. You. Don't even have yeah. to worry oh, yeah. about yeah. that. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to trying this again, and uh, I'll try the water first and see what happens awesome. after that. Yeah, let us know. Cool. Let yeah. us know, too. Let us, let us try it. Uh, let's take a break, and uh, then when we come... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Quick, uh, so Wait, hang on. You're not on yet. Hang on. There you go. Can you hear me? Yep. Uh, <laughs> when he uses distilled water, should he uh, modify it with gypsum or anything? Or just yeah, use... de- definitely. Well, you, yeah. you, you need calcium in it. Right. Uh, and uh, as Lee was saying, maybe or to you about about half half, even. Uh, you want to minimize that that whole chloride thing right. coming up, and we we all have a, a threshold to it. I would go just bottom out on having just nothing but distilled, because you want to push no chloride into it or chlorine into it yeah and even a little bit will throw you yeah even, okay it's just let's do the experiment let's just get rid of all the the, the chlorine yeah. anywhere and but you you have to you have to build it back you got you have to have the calcium at least 50 parts per million for the for the for the yeast and you got to want to have some other things into it so yeah. keep everything else the same yeah so i got the calcium up to 50 60 ppm based on gypsum right. and calcium chloride yeah, so but i'll just, do that with i would just change, change the, the water style. first it's a good recipe keep it the same if you you the next thing you're gonna notice that maybe it's too dry that you notice it was like it's, it's just minerally and too dry which i got out of it not a bad beer makes me want to drink more <laughs> it does, <Yeah>. thirsty. Uh, <laughs> but I, I do see that the yorkshire strain does tend to go pretty dry so yeah so, but it, it's that that sharp dryness where it makes me thirsty. 
Yeah, I matched and, it at like one fifty eight. So I was like, wow, it's, it's not that kind of dryness. It's yeah. the mineral dryness that I'm getting at, which is going to be your your sulfate. Yeah, and you're going to get that. Mm-hmm. My gums hurt. I'm, I'm dry. This kind of thing yeah. goes off so, your tongue and it's gone. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's like that. Uh, that. that. My tongue is dead. Yeah, yeah. But if, if the that. phenols accentuate that, so even if yeah. you do yeah, nothing yeah. else but change the water and get rid of that, it probably won't seem quite as dry if you get rid of that chlorophenol impact. And then if you feel you want to dry it out some more, you can shift the cal- gypsum to calcium. You do calcium chloride and gypsum. Maybe shift a little more to calcium chloride. Get rid of some. Yeah, of get a little more that malt. Those, are all, yeah. those two are almost counteractive. Yeah, exactly. I just want to get the calcium up and keep it balanced. Uh, cut the water out. Do that first. You're going to find that probably the whole beer is going to be too like, dry in the tongue. Then you're going to want to dial back the gypsum some. Gypsum some? You're, you're going to have an awesome beer at that <laughs> some, point. Some. Sounds good. All right. Awesome. Thanks, thanks for yeah, all the advice. Yeah, I appreciate it. All right. We're taking a break now for sure, Doc. Okay. <laughs> for sure. Really? That's it. <laughs> I we're going to take a break. It. And then we're coming back. We're going to hang out with Brian, and we're going to try his double IPA. Are you going to stick around for that too, Doc? I don't think so. <laughs> All right, it's Dr. Homebrew, everyone. Back after this, let me uh, let me move my mouse here. Still trying to work out this technology. All right, hang on a second. It's Dr. Homebrew. Hey, Wooly, I'm beat. Can we find a nice tree to just hang out in for a while? You're beat? I've been swinging through this forest for 50 years, ever since we... Ever since we first escaped from the circus. I know, I know, but there's got to be more to life than exploring this creek and trying to populate the valley by copulating with loose, hairy girls. Mark, we stop. Look! What is that? It looks like a man-made treehouse. With fresh food. And craft beer. Welcome to the Creek Monkey Tap House, boys. Grab a seat. Creek Monkeys drink free. <laughs> awesome! The Creek Monkey Tap House in Martinez, California, takes their mission of fresh food and beer seriously. They only serve locally raised beef and chicken, as well as local sustainable produce. It's better for you and the planet, and it just tastes better. The beer and wine at Creek Monkey Tap House are chosen with the same care for the highest quality and rotation. Rotate frequently to make each visit an adventure. Swing on in to the Creek Monkey Tap House and enjoy a new legend of amazing food, beer, and wine. The Creek Monkey Tap House, online at creekmonkey.com. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. Morebeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. Morebeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to morebeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of the buzz, the forum, the learning center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. Hello, fellow BNers. This is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. 
homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The Internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up. You might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games. This is a public service announcement. <laughs> hey, dude, I think there's... Uh, <laughs> What's wrong? You don't look so good. There's, <coughs> there's something wrong with your beer. It's making everyone sick. Don't let your beer make your loved ones ill. Proper cleaning and sanitation is the key to avoiding puke on your shoes. But I used an all-in-one. Cleaning and sanitizing cannot be done in a one-step process. No cleaner can sanitize, and no sanitizer can clean. The amazing chemists at Five Star Chemicals have your solution. Clean with BBW and sanitize with Star Sand. Fantastic! Your friends and loved ones will thank you. Five Star products are available at fine homebrew shops near you and online. Put your best beer forward with Five Star Chemicals. Your one stop for the cleanest two-step solution. All right, everyone. Thank you for sticking with us. It's Dr. Homebrew. That's cool for Doc to stop by. Yeah, good little appearance by the, the man, the legend. Slurred his way through uh, through that beer. Better watch it. He's still out there. Still out <laughs> the bar. He might come back and slur again. <laughs> I heard what you were saying, and I just wanted to say... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I love Doc. Uh, Doc or yeah. Sleepy. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Uh, okay, so we have Brian here yes, with my here. F- possibly oh, my wait. favorite beer style in the universe, double IPA. Really? Right? No, not really at all. It's not your favorite style. Then. It's, not, it's not my favorite style, no. But uh, I'll happily drink it. Uh, Brian, thanks for coming out, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Hope, you're, hope we're not keeping you up too late. No all right, good. Pleasure. Uh, tell me a little bit about your homebrewing background. How long have you been a home brewer? Uh, I'm, uh, I'm a newbie. Been doing it for about... Five six months now. Oh okay okay. Yeah so so pretty new. This is about my eighth or ninth batch. Okay, do we pull that mic just a little bit closer? You yeah. Pull you just move it. There you go. Perfect. Thank you. Uh, yeah, this is about my eighth or ninth batch. Okay. Um, and uh, you know th- this will be my first uh, uh, educated critique um, that I've received. So you know looking forward to uh, you know your impressions and perspective on. Water, um, you know, techniques. Anything. Um, yeah. Okay. I mean, a- anything and everything. Cool. So, is on. this um, extract or all grain? This is all grain. All yeah. grain. Yeah. How long have you been doing all grain? Uh, I've, I started with all grain. Oh, you did? Yeah. You I didn't done, even touch extract. I have not done an extract. Why not? I'm just curious. Uh, I figured if I was going to jump into this and yeah. make it a hobby, which I felt like I wanted to, yeah. um, 
there was no sense of starting with extract and go okay. ahead and jump in all grain. Okay. Yeah. Bold move. Thank you. You're not the only one, but it's definitely a bold move. If you Brian read, with a bold move. You read up on it and you kind of get the idea for what you're going to do. It's yeah. not that hard to go all grain pretty quick. You know? yeah. No. Yeah, for me, it made my head explode. Yeah. yeah. Is this the first double IPA you've made? This is the first double IPA. Yeah. Okay. So um, have you made an IPA before at all? I or? made an IPA. Yeah. Okay. I made a, okay. a straight up IPA. Okay. Cool. Early on. Just trying to get a little little feel for what's yeah, going on yeah. here. Uh, okay, Brian. So like, it's your shot, buddy. Yeah. The aroma has, uh, you know, it's definitely a hop forward beer. It's got this big pineapple hop note with kind of a low mango and kind of resiny notes in there. Uh, um, Pretty pretty big hop presence, so definitely smells like an Imperial IPA. Um, you know, just base malt kind of in there supporting. You don't want a big malty thing fighting with your hops in there. You want to just keep that part simple, and that's you did that right. Um, there's a bit of alcohol evident in the aroma. It's it's not harsh or solventy. It's pretty pretty smooth, kind of and kind of pleasant apple pear fruity esters in there. Um, fairly high. Uh, I didn't get any. DMS or diacetyl, no buttery butter. You know, one thing that can ruin a good IPA is is butter. Is butter. <laughs> Try mixing some melted butter with your next IPA and see how you <laughs> yeah. like that. That'd be great. Um, yeah, or Ugh. dip some microwave popcorn in it. Um, the color color was was nice, orangey kind of. You know, and these beers kind of get a little orangey sometimes mm-hmm. with a deep deep gold kind of rich gold color. Had a uh, has a fair amount of hop haze in it, which it's allowable for style. This is maybe a little more haze than you would like. Mm-hmm. Um, started with a low, pretty low eggshell white head that faded pretty quickly. Um, usually, the it'll stick around a little better than that on the spear, but could have a carbonation thing. Um, the hop flavor in the flavor flavor the hop flavor has elements of kind of citrus and pineapple and a little bit of that resin. Um, it's it's fairly high and prominent. Uh, the one thing that I would say is the bitterness in this beer is is really high. So, you know, the aroma is really nice. You get that, that pleasant hop, and you get in the flavor, and it's got quite a lot of um, bitterness. And, it, you know, mm-hmm. the beer does call for high bitterness, but you don't you don't want to, you know, take high to too, too much of an extreme with that. You still need to keep some balance in there and, and keep it drinkable so you're not choking on the bitterness. Mm-hmm. Um I found also that this beer has a, a fairly substantial phenolic note in it, kind of a medicinal taste mm-hmm. that's distracting me, and it fights with the bitterness, so that could be giving me the impression that the bitterness is even a little higher than it is. Um, but uh, that's... Uh, we can talk about where that's coming from, too, but okay. the the balance is definitely the hops. The malt is just low and supporting where it should be, so like balance-wise, with hop flavor to... To malt, it's pretty good. There is a lot of good hop flavor. Yeah. It's pretty tasty. I like tasty. The, the kinds of hop flavors that you use, and, and it's a beer that you can be creative with and have some fun. And it's like, oh, I'm going to throw in some, you know, Chinook, I'm going to throw in some, you know, what have you. I don't know. Just Whenever I, when, I, uh, when I'm uh, exhaling, I get I get that, uh, that resiny flavor on the back of my tongue, which I find hard to kind of do in IPAs. Antacids can help with that. Yeah. <laughs> there's some citra in here. There's some, you know, there's some, a lot of citrusy flavors and a, yeah. lot of, a lot of interesting stuff in there in the hops flavor. So that's that's good. That's one of the one of the best things about this beer is the hop flavor. So for an Imperial IPA, that's what you want. <laughs> um, 
body wise, kind of it's it's uh, where it should be on kind of the, the finish is kind of pretty dry and it has a medium light body with um, with a pretty moderate alcohol warmth in there. You can tell it's a pretty big beer. Um, it does have a bit of astringency in there, pretty pretty substantial, um, and that can come from the hops and you know the amount of hops that you use for the bittering and all that plant material that's in there, you know and we shined our flashlights on this beer too when we were looking at it. I'll go back, but it has like kind of a green hue to it when you when you shine oh, your really? yeah we, you shine a light on it and it's like Check the top out. of the glass has this like greenish tinge that is coming out. So that's like that's huh. got to be from the hops. Yeah, yeah. It's like wow, pretty cool. <laughs> it's glowing like alien beer. Going for that like, that green, it's a nice psychedelic uh, effect. Orange yeah. golden beer with green highlights. You know, it's like what? It's pretty badass. You know, so. Um, pretty good beer overall, like recipe wise. Um, I thought it was, it was well put together and the ingredients seem fresh. Those hops are, are nice. Um, I would back off the bitterness a bit and to that, um, this kind of the chloroph- chlorophenolic can be, um, uh, like we were talking about with the other beer from, uh, from water having a little chlorine left in it. And we can talk about water treatment again, mm-hmm. or we can just rewind the tape and play what doc said over and over. Um, <laughs> about water, and uh, but you know, also you want to you know to keep keep any contamination out of the beer. There could be a contamination issue, which you would want to definitely change out any plastic equipment that's been soiled or not not clean. But you know, I mean, just start by use your PBW with as hot a water as you can get to clean the any plastic equipment, especially that is going to touch the beer after it cools, um, and then sanitize it. With Star Sand, or you can use Iota for Iostar. Iostar, that's right. You know that that uh, you know different people like that. Some people prefer. Some people really do hang on to that iodine base. Prefer that kind of it, stuff. Yeah. You know, if you overuse it, it can kind of stain your equipment a little bit, yeah. but it doesn't really hurt it. it no. Doesn't leave an odor in or anything. But you can, um, you know, some people like the don't like the the foam, or they're afraid of the foam and the Star Sand. Yeah. You don't have to worry about that shit. But anyway, yeah, pretty good recipe in the beer. I, I gave the beer a 24. It's kind of a, a fair middle and imperial IPA, but if you got rid of that, uh, the phenolic and backed off the bitterness, it would yeah. be a lot higher than that. It is it excessively be bitter for well sure. Well, in the 30s. So is the fresh hop flavor would just come out all that much better in the flavor. And the aroma was really nice. I you know, scored the aroma fairly high, but the, um, yeah, the flavor, I had to knock it down a little more. But. Anyway, good beer overall. Okay. I see, see Tacy's out there. I wonder if uh, I wonder if he would like a beer that, like this. But he's talking. He's chatting up a, <laughs> some broad. Anyway, Lee, go ahead. Yeah, he's he's got all the beer he needs right now. Yeah, he's fine. Yeah. So what did I find here? Um, citrusy hops. Uh, I found that kind of medium intensity. I got a medium low cheesy note, kind of blue cheese. It was volatile though. It went away very quickly. Mm-hmm. So I got that in the first pour. I don't think I even got it in the repour when we came. When we poured it here just at the show now. Um, a lot of tropical fruit, mango and pineapple, a bit of a kerosene dank kind of hint in it. Um, no ferment esters that I could distinguish through all that. Um, so base malt aroma, kind of a just kind of a little bit of a pale ale malt aroma sort of thing. It's uh, not much. It doesn't need to be much. Um, I thought the hop aroma was a little bit low, but actually the more I think back on it, it's not that low. It's more just shifted towards fruit Um Fruit ester, sort of, no, the pineapple, mango, which doesn't punch quite as much yeah, like, in intensity as uh, the piney, kerosene stuff does. So there actually is a lot of hop aroma in that beer. Yeah, kind of like, uh, uh, I get like a fruit punch 
like yeah. a, like a fruit punch bubble gum. Sort not of, not yeah. without the bubble gum, but like the artificial kind of fruit punchy. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's got a lot of not in a bad way, fruit of course, aromas. Yeah. I mean, there's like kind of yeah. a peach nectarine sort of thing in here too. Uh, it's, it's not as fruit crazy as that beer we had last year with the Buzz Bullets hops blend in there. Can <laughs> I identify as an IPA? But right, yeah. So I mean, it comes across as a very fruity, fruity hopped IPA. Uh, poured it for appearance, no head really. Um, it's pretty. It was a bit flat coming out of the growler, and I think that kind of hurts. Up. On that front, mm-hmm. few off-white bubbles uh, needs some better head head retention on that. Um, quite hazy brain cover that it, w- it was getting close to opaque actually, sort of a nice light orange color which goes nice with all those sort of mango, pineapple, peach fruit flavors. It looks about like that color um, flavor: pineapple, mango, citrus hops again, medium high intensity, uh, strong and somewhat coarse, lingering bitter. A little bit of base malt flavor balances to the bitter and the hop flavor over the malt. No ferment esters coming through that I can tell again. Finish is a little bit sweet with lingering hop flavors and coarse bitter and alcohol. And I would definitely agree with what Brian was saying. Uh, I, actually, well, I sort of agree. I don't necessarily think this is too bitter, but I think the bitterness is very is very coarse. Uh, mm. Maybe some changes need to be made to the bittering regimen to clean that up a bit. If okay. it, it, it just it just really just leaves this kind of sandpapery kind of quality on the tongue behind it. Mm. Uh, Mouthfeel, low carbonation. It's a little out of style. It was a little flat coming out of the growler. I mean, the growler had a pretty good pop, but the beer didn't pour with much liveliness to it. And it mm-hmm. just doesn't taste like it's very well carbonated or feel like it. Uh, medium body, a little bit of mostly clean alcohol warmth, which is fine. You'd expect that. It wasn't hot or solventy. Um, although sometimes I think I'm picking up a little of that, but it could just be the fruit esters that are in there doing that too. It smells kind of fruity, like it almost should be hot, but I keep not finding actual solvent. <laughs> um, moderate astringency, I think, from that coarseness and the bittering again, so that's something that could be fixed. So all in all, I mean, I thought it was the balance was pretty good for a double IPA. You know, it was very hop forward, fairly intense. Uh, once I sort of realized that the fruity part was actually hops and not not malt nesters, it's like okay, there is there's a lot of hop intensity in the aroma. That seems fine. Um, carbonation needs to be fixed. That's right. almost sort of a, a no-brainer. I mean, it's it's hard to get that that right in a growler fill. It takes some practice. I still don't have it quite down myself, really. Um, but it's 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 hard to you know if you really want to do it right. It might help to put the growler in the empty growler in the freezer first and make sure you've got a very slow pour. Dial back the pressure in the keg you're coming out of until it's just pushing the beer and you know push it back up later. So you don't make a lot of foam and all these things. It can help keep the carbonation up. Okay. Um, what else? Um, mostly after that, um, I think look look for some sort of a, a change to how you're bittering it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what kind of hop you what, – what hop did you use to bitter? Uh, so I used three and a half ounces of uh, Columbus. Columbus, yeah. yeah. Columbus is pretty pungent stuff. It mm-hmm. can definitely give you some of this cor- coarseness. What was that you, acid on that, hmm? the alpha acid percent? Uh, it was 13.9. Yeah. So it's yeah. a high alpha hop. It's You're, a high alpha yeah. hop. Yeah. yeah, that's good. But, but you don't... Yeah, Columbus. In my experience has been can can be a little bit on the rough side sometimes. I mean, I would maybe switch to like a, a Magnum or something, which is a really clean hop okay. for some or all of that. Mm-hmm. It might get help get rid of some of that coarseness, and make sure you don't you know over extract the hops that are you know settle out in the kettle or press them or do anything like that or you know run every last drop through necessarily because that can help get get some nasty stuff out too. Okay. Um, 
But yeah, I, I would say try and clean up the the coarseness and the bittering, and this will take this beer a long way. Okay. Where that whiff of cheesy came from, I don't know. It could be stale hops. It could be a slight autolyzed yeast or something. But mm-hmm. it, it was really blue cheesy, which is really unpleasant, really weird, And but it was gone like that. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Like that. <laughs> Got to snap near the mic and yeah. actually make my fingers touch um so yeah i i don't really know that that was a big problem with that but it was a little weird in the end i scored this a 22 which is probably this might be a little harsher than it deserves but um i think with some improvement to the carbonation and and cleaning up the bittering this could actually be pretty decent beer yeah okay awesome uh, Brian, do you have any questions for the guy? Um, so, so, so the, the two main things I've heard is uh, the phenols. Uh, let, let's talk about that. What, what can I do to address There's a lot of different kind of phenols. You know, phenols can range from spicy ones to smoky or plastic-like ones. This one is specifically kind of medicinal. So... Do you filter your water? I, I filter it. I don't. I have not added dips on it. But, but yeah, just, uh, just a, a charcoal filter. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe run run the filter a little slower. And if you haven't changed it in a while, um, change it out. But, okay. um, you know, because they put chlorophenol or they put um, uh, chloramines in the water to... You know, kill bad stuff in the in the drinking water supply, and right. I think especially now they're using a lot of groundwater because of the drought and stuff. They're probably having to put more of that stuff in there, and it makes our job even harder. I don't know, but um, yeah, just kind of get that stuff out of there. But also, you know, it could it could come from certain wild yeast that could get into the beer if, if you're not careful. Like, I'm kind of paranoid and weird. Like, once my beer is cooled. You know, or as my beer is cooling, even I keep the lid on my kettle and I wrap plastic wrap around it, and I just oh, wow. I don't want anything from the air getting into that beer while it's cooling. It's gonna take a good. I just use an immersion chiller. It's gonna take a good, you know, 30, 40 minutes sometimes in the summer, even longer sometimes on a hot day. You know, to cool it down. You know, I mean, it's sitting there for a long time. If you just have the lid kind of salt in a jar, something could get in there and get started, and you don't need that. So, you know, just, just and anything that's going to touch the beer after that, you know, lay out sheets of uh, aluminum, clean aluminum foil and, and set your sanitized stuff on that or, you know, kind of set it down somewhere or just keep it in the sanitizer bucket. You know, some people just have, and I don't do this, I should, you know, just have a big bucket of sanitizer going every time they brew. It's, I mean, it costs a lot to do that every time, but it's nice to have it there, you know, but, um, yeah, just keep everything clean and sanitized and, and uh, that, that could be part of it too. But, yeah. Yeah. So I'd add to that. I mean, chlorine, removing chlorine can help with it. I mean, chlorine is not a phenol, uh, but it reacts with phenols, make chlorophenols, which taste about a hundred times worse. So if there's any minor source of, of sort of phenolic compounds in your beer, if there's chlorine present, it can make it just really stand out. Um, so the other side of this is, what is the source of the phenols? I mean, is it just a little bit of husk and astringency, no, tannins from the hops, or from the from over-sparging the malt? Given the amount of hops you had in here, it, it could be sourced 
from there, although mostly that's kind of polyphenols. I don't know that those make... I actually just don't know if those will combine with chlorine and make kind of the chlorophenol kind of phenolic compounds. Maybe they fall apart a little bit. Other than that, you'd wonder if there's a little bit of phenolics in the water, uh, if there was some kind of plastic it was exposed to that wasn't the right kind of non-food grade plastic. And the other real common source is, is a wild yeast, like a contamination, but I'm not picking up anything in here like that, so I would be a little suspicious of that being the issue. So all that said, I'm not quite sure where the phenols that, that the chlorine might be reacting with are coming from, but those are the common possible sources. Okay. All right. And the second item I heard if you go out killing uh, you're the, killing the bitterness like and one trolling the bitterness changing the hot so there's no uh, point in actually killing them or spraying like them or anything like that well i agree and i do the whole yeah. trap, what i can like do the poison so they take now, back yeah, you know, just to let you guys know what i did i mean forget about it don't just spray them but so i did a first wort hop walking all over the three and a half ounce while i'm doing the trap thing we got a show to do yeah right early hope you knock something loose hops are getting too just sneezing the brains out off off mic and so it sounds like the the flavor from the hops. You felt like I was okay with it. So it's really that first bitterness. Mostly for me, it seemed the bitterness. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, some strains of hops are better than others for giving a clean bitter. And we are going to make a beer that is just so intensely bitter like this. I think it puts a premium on on picking a hop that is not going to be coarse. And in Columbus, is a great hop for a lot of things. But if you're going to put a beer up to 80 or 100 IBUs. Um, and, it and might start to show its bad side. No, it tends to be a little on harsh side. So the some of these, like, the very high alpha modern hops, like Magnum is a good one. Uh, even right. Apollo, although it's now, getting hard to find. Now, things like See, that probably will give you a cleaner bitter and you can keep the IBUs up without getting that sort of... And it's just, harsh sandpaper you feel on your tongue. Right. Rumors, I guess. Um, yeah. And then I there's, I mean, some other things. Just make sure you don't over-extract the vegetable, vegetable uh, hot, no, hot matter. You know, I mean, because some people will, like, try and press the last bits of wort out of the bottom of their cut. Don't do that. I'm sure you didn't do that, but, wow, that's that's just a great way to leach out all sorts of nasties. Yeah. Mostly I would lean towards um, selecting a less pungent or less coarse hop varietal. Um, a little attention to the salt you put in the water will help, too. It sounds like you didn't really add anything, and if you're using the local water out here, you're probably fine on that front. So, uh, I mean, if it was somewhere else, you threw in a bunch of gymsum or some magnesium. But there was a train Especially there was like that a whole, could accentuate you know, like the bad parts of this. Like, like there, like there, not the first train. Like yeah, I think. Source, so I you know, know and I was, if I was forced anyway, to guess, I would have guessed that maybe the brewer day, used a lower alpha sand, hop and used a lot of it. I mean, you do have three ounces of, uh, of bittering hops in there, and it's a lot of hot matter in there. And I don't know, did you boil it for 90 minutes or 30 minutes? 60 minutes? I boiled it 90 minutes. So that's a long time for those hops to be in there boiling. And, you know, I mean, if you can get away with using a little less and or do them for 60 minutes instead, it might pull out a little bit less of that plant matter. I think that but for me, well, we didn't cover 60 this. minutes is about as long as you want to boil your hops, and maybe and if you had to go to you you know, three and a half ounces or something cool. to hit your numbers well, that you want uh, to get to for bitterness, um, crew, then, then maybe doing uh, that is a better idea than adding a little less for 90 minutes. At 90 minutes, it's going to start extracting even more of the plant matter kind of stuff in there. So you do a 90-minute boil for your work. When I do a 90-minute boil, I boil over for 30 minutes, and especially if you're doing a 
got a beer that has any Pilsner malt in it or anything. Just, you know, yeah. And I was still just brewing on my stove. Or if you just want to be safe, was, or just, if you just like being out there boiling. Beer broadcaster. Yeah. That's what I love. I like just being out there boiling. I just want to stand out there on a hot summer day and boil. Just whatever, dude. I love boiling. I want to boil some shit. Yeah. Yeah, I would definitely back that up. If you did 90 minutes, that's that's probably too much for a beer like this. Or almost anything. You'll you'll get the worst parts out of the hops in that extra 30 minutes. And the extra alphas you get out of it, I mean, it's a pittance. It's not worth the time. Things you got to remember and look out for when you upgrade your Yeah, with a lower hop beer, sometimes you can even, you want to add your bittering hops at 40 minutes or 30 minutes, you know. It's cleaner, it's smoother, it's better. Awesome. All right, let's take a break. And then we come back, we'll do a rundown real quick, and then we'll get out of here. It's Dr. Homebrew. Stay tuned. Exactly. That's it. I am never putting hops in my beer again. What? Why? It's just too ridiculous. Insane prices, stupid contracts, high shipping costs, crappy selection. Dude, you need Nico Brew. Nico Brew will rock your f***ing face right the f*** off your f***ing skull. $5 shipping to all 50 states, plus fantastic international rates get you low prices on Nico Brew's great selection of hops and more. Whether you're a home brewer, a pro brewer, or a homebrew shop owner, Nico Brew can get you the hops you need in increments big and small, single orders, spot buys, or full contracts. And there's only one place to join the uber-special secret elite bare-bones club where you'll get the best deals anywhere. Holy shit! NicoBrew.com N-I-K-O-B-R-E-W Nico Brew, your bare-bones buddy in the brewing business. Are you a member of the American Homebrewers Association? Well, you should be. Members of the AHA can focus on brewing beer, and the AHA takes care of the rest. The American Homebrewers Association advocates on behalf of homebrewers like you to legalize the hobby in all 50 states and make sure that beer laws make sense. Plus, there are many great benefits that come with your AHA membership, like AHA member deals that give you awesome deals at bars, restaurants, breweries, and more. Zymer G Magazine and e Zymergy for tons of articles, how-tos, easy-to-follow recipes, and news about the hobby you love, and access to the members-only content on homebrewersassociation.org. But the AHA can't do it without your support. Join today so the American Homebrewers Association can keep fighting for your homebrewing rights. Visit homebrewersassociation.org or join now from the homepage of the Brewing Network website. Relax. Don't worry. It's the American Homebrewers Association. My brother lives in Colorado. As a brewer, you already don't settle for second best. You want great tasting beer and you want great equipment to make it with. So don't settle for the second best grain mill. You want a monster mill from Monster Brewing Hardware. Monster mills are tough, come in two and three roller designs, and are made right here in the USA from superior materials for longer lasting performance. Pick the mill that's right for you at monsterbrewinghardware.com and take Vivo. Advice. Trust me, it's always better to have a bigger tool than you think you need. Monster Mills have the best warranty in the business. Your satisfaction is guaranteed. Visit MonsterBrewingHardware.com now and check out all the mills and mill accessories. Don't settle for second best. Get a Monster Mill from Monster Brewing Hardware. 
Have you ever dreamed of attending the World Brewing Academy? This year, thanks to Lalamond and Anstar, one lucky brewer will make that dream a reality for free. Lalamond and Danstar invite you to enter the Beer School 2015 contest. One lucky grand prize winner will receive fully paid tuition to the 2015 World Brewing Academy web-based concise course in brewing technology worth almost $4,000. From now until December 13, 2014, every Danstar yeast packet you use is your ticket to enter. Visit danstaryeast.com for the details and to print your official entry form. There's no limit on the number of times you can enter. So get brewing with Danstar and get your entries in to the Danstar 2015 Beer School Contest. Whether you want to build your home brewing skills or build a career as a professional brewer, this course will change the way you think of beer and brewing. Enter at danstaryeast.com and get the dry yeast advantage with Danstar and Lalamond Premium Brewing Yeast and enter to win. Ma'am, I'll need to take your top off for this examination. Oh, Doctor. All right, welcome back, Dr. Homebrew. We're going to run through these, uh, these final two beers here and then, uh, and then take off. We'll announce the, the winner of the Grog Tag. At least your beer will look good. $40 gift certificate. And, uh, and then we'll get out of here. That's some BART trains to catch kids. Because drunk driving is dumb driving, right? Yeah. It was really great. Whatever. Okay, so Dermot's beer. What do we, uh, what do we recommend for him? Dermot had a mild, and it was pretty, you know, the recipe seemed pretty good. It was a little on the darker and richer side for the style. But it was, it was tasty. And I, and I think you know, there was a little bit of uh, the phenolic yeah. in there that was fighting with it. Uh, and if you got rid of that, possibly through water adjustment or, yeah, if, you know, I'm not sure if there was a wild yeast thing going on here. Sometimes, usually when it's clove-like, it can be a wild yeast contributing to that. If it's medicinal chlorophenolic, usually it's with chlorine and phenolic. Okay. Phenols kind of happy. Lee, what do you think? Packaging's great. We saw pictures there. That's what it is. Yeah. Get rid of the... Uh, the chlorine in there, whatever like the source of that chlorophenol really, was. Really I think the recipe was good. Yeah, uh, yeah. Just be careful you don't over-sparge <laughs> it. You don't want to get getting any astringency in that. And that is uh, like more people than not do that with that beer. So it's just, just something to really keep an eye out for that kind of recipe. These are all fine points. It's not, this is not an overly astringent beer by any stretch of the imagination. It's a tasty beer. It has a little bit of astringency in there. It would be all that much smoother if you just got rid of that. It's just one of those really light beers where there's nowhere to hide anything. Right. And then uh, Brian's double IPA. Because you should be Brian's able to get double IPA. Either or um, yes. And, wonderful and hop aroma. Yeah, the yeah. hop aroma is good. Yeah. Um, the carbonation is a little flat. That's basically was a growler fell. So that's pretty easy to fix. I'm sure it's not that way on home and keg. And uh, the main thing was probably try to get rid of some of the coarseness and the bittering. Um, it was um, a little rough. So we talked about. Not doing a 90-minute boil, sticking to 60-minute boil. Maybe switch, switching to a smoother sort of hop variety, like a Magnum instead of, uh, what was it, Columbus? Columbus, yeah. Columbus used, yeah. Which might, might uh, give a better result for the, for the bittering part of your recipe. Awesome. Yeah. Wonderful. All right. Dermot, Brian, thanks for coming in. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Yeah, it was fun. Thanks for bringing beers, too. That was amazing. And then uh, Brian and Lee, of course, as always. Good to see your handsome faces across from me. 
Tell as us. always, you are welcome. It's always a pleasure. Yes. And then, um, yeah, if you too would like to be on Dr. Homebrew, shoot me an email, jp at thebrewingnetwork.com. And eventually, uh, I will get back to you. We, we are kind of backlogged um, a little bit, but, uh, you know, fear not. I have your email, and it is in my email folder, and uh, I will eventually get back to you. He knows how to do email. I do know how to write the electronic mail. Yeah, actually, he has someone who does that for him. I wish. I need that. I need to train Taryn better. How to do that. He's in the dictation character. Yeah. Uh, oh, the uh, grog tag, at least your beer will look good. Grog gift certificate is. Who won that? Rapidly. It goes to Brian. Brian won that, yeah. Brian, all right. You will get $40 to spend at grogtag.com, um, where at least your beer will look good. Oops. You can wear them, too. You don't need that. Yeah, you can do whatever you want. Uh, yeah, shoot me an email, jpthebringnetwork.com. We'll get you on Dr. Homebrew. You, too, may, uh, might be able to win some grog tag stuff. And, of course, everyone who is on Dr. Homebrew gets a nice little prize pack from Five Star. You can go to fivestarchemicals.com. Uh, head on over there. They're on Facebook. Show them a little love and uh, thank them very much for sponsoring our show because I tell you what, um, we wouldn't be here without them. So, uh, anyway, until next time, everyone, take it easy.